welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. Uh, Pastor Mark and I flip-flopped, and so he was down here. I get to go up there, uh, and it was fun to you know be able to go visit another congregation. Um, and then the, the, the school vacation week, a week ago, was on vacation with the family, and Sunday I just took the opportunity. I, I didn't... I didn't have to go to, like, I didn't have to, you know, be a pastor. I don't know. Um, weird. But so um, took the opportunity to go and visit a, a local church right here in Concord, uh, meet with their pastor, and then race down to Manchester. We installed uh, Pastor Jorgen last Sunday down in Manchester as a campus pastor. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's really cool being able to go down there and just see, man, they love Pastor Jorgen down there. Uh, I mean, we love him here. I, I, yeah, I get to see him during the week, but I, I miss him. Um, I, well, kind of would have been cool if he was here this morning, huh? <laughs> Got some technical stuff need you to work on there, bro. Um, but it was, uh, it, like, after being gone for two Sundays, I, I, I actually this morning was thinking to myself, like, I, I wonder, like, have they replaced me already here? Or... Um, <laughs> And then, um, you know, walking down the aisle over here and some, you know, someone who I love dearly walked by me and just said, dork. And, and I knew right there, which is Aramaic for beloved pastor. So, but I knew right then and there, like, it's like, kind of like, welcome home. Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad, glad to be back. (laughs) Very glad to be back. And I love the fact that regardless of whether we've got stuff on screen or lights don't work or whatever, we just gather together. We're here because of Jesus. We gather together to worship Jesus. And even if we don't see the words on the screen, we can worship Jesus because it's with our heart. It's not just with our mouth. It helps if what's in your heart comes out through your mouth as well. Um, but so this is Mother's Day, and I'm, I'm I would I would be remiss I, I would be a I would be a poor pastor if I did not speak this thing okay, um, and this is advice not for moms this is advice for everyone else, um, some of moms who are moms so uh, or who have moms so this is for everyone who has a mom. It's for all of you. Or maybe we can meet afterwards and we can pray for you. Uh, but so if you have a mom, Facebook is not the way to say Happy Mother's Day to them. Call them, spend time with them, hang out with them, take them to dinner. They birthed you. Go, go one level above like a Facebook Happy Mom's Day. Um, so, please, um, that's for, yes. So, this week, speaking of moms, this week my mother came here. Um, she, uh, she's lots of fun. <laughs> um, but my, my mom stopped by here this week with a big bag of books. She's kind of, thank God, she's clearing some stuff out of the house. Um, uh, <laughs> Kim's shaking her head, thank God, because... Uh, there's lots of stuff that someday we're going to have to take care of. Um, 
And, but my mom stopped by with a big bag of books. And one of the books that she stopped by, one of the, book, one of the, yeah, one of the things that she brought to me was this. Some of you maybe recognize like the cover. You, you, maybe you had one of these. Um, it, it actually has my name on it, Kevin Twombly. Um, and this book, I want to honor my mother. So, presented to Kevin Levitt Twombly by Mommy and Daddy on May 15th, 1980, in honor of your spiritual rebirth on May 13th, 1980. I, I have a piece of my childhood that... Uh, and this is way cooler than my other Bible because it's got pictures in it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if, if you were not even alive in 1980, could you stand for a moment? <laughs> Sit back down. Um, everyone that was alive before 1980 um, just got a wake-up call, maybe. Like, what? <laughs> Woo. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, I, throughout the years of my relationship with God, there have been times where things have been good. There are times where things have been bad. There are times when things have been downright ugly within my own life. I was, I was on fire for God when I was a child and, and going right through into my teenage years um, it was when I headed off to college that things got, well, maybe my senior year in high school, things got a little dicey um, and started kind of living one way but looking another way. I still went to youth group every Wednesday. I still went to church every Sunday. I knew, um, because I had spent so many years in church, I knew how to, how to look the part. You guys know what I'm talking about? I knew how to look the part. I knew how to appear one way, but then maybe live a different way. And this morning, if you've got your Bibles, because, well, yeah, Revelation chapter 3. If you would join me in Revelation chapter 3, we have been going through the churches that John wrote to in the beginning of Revelation, and this is the fifth church that John writes to through the Word of God through what Jesus speaks to John to speak to these churches. In Revelation chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, it says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy." The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, 
and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The thing we need to get our heads wrapped around, not only our heads, but our hearts wrapped around this morning and based out of this scripture, but also just for our own personal lives, just just where we're at. We can't confuse looking alive with being alive. Don't confuse looking alive with being alive because there's plenty of people who are walking dead in their life every day. There are plenty of people who go through the motions. They look the right look. But within them, within inside, there's, there's death, there's decay, there's rotten. And that's not, that's not the church, that's not the bride that Jesus is returning for. Wake up. Wake up and remember. That's his words. I know your works and I find them incomplete. But it's not just a finger-pointing judgment. It's also an encouragement. Rise up and do the things. Rise up and live the life. Rise up and find that life that I've given you. If Jesus says that he came so that we would have life and life to the full, abundant life. That doesn't mean that we're just outer shells giving off a living appearance full of death. That's not abundant life. And that's not what he calls us to. Don't confuse looking alive with being alive. Maybe, maybe at some point in your life you felt a need to come to church you felt the need to come and you plugged into the community of a church, started doing all the right things. They tell me I'm supposed to journal and go to life group. They tell me I'm supposed to do life together. They, they, they tell me that we should come here every Sunday. They tell me that I should give in the offering, tithe. And so I do all the right things. But in that, Somehow there's been a failure to connect with the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. Let me say that again. The main thing is Jesus. If you can do all the right things and still miss out because you have not made a decision to follow Jesus. I've been amazed and maybe slightly naive over over the years just having conversations with people people that have been attending Grace Capital Church. Now, I've been here almost 19 years, just a little over 19 years. And over that time, having conversations with people who, like they've been coming for months or years and talking with them or having conversations with their life group leader where they, they in the middle of their life group, just said, you know, I don't, I don't think I've actually ever asked Jesus into my life. For years have been attending... I mean, I look around the room and I just see a bunch of Christians because that's the safe assumption to make. If you're here in a church and you come week after week after week, you must be a believer. 
You must have said yes to Jesus at some point, accepted him as your savior, repented for the past life that you've lived, received his forgiveness. But there, and that's where I say naive because there are those probably right here in the room right now who would say, well, no, I've, I've, I've never done that. I just come because I like the way I feel when I'm here. I, I come because I like, man, the, the worship team is great. I come because I like the videos, <laughs> uh, the, the lights, um, the coffee, whatever. I don't want us to get so wrapped up in outward appearances. Hopefully this morning, uh, this was not purposeful. Like, <laughs> let me pour some coffee in this computer. Uh, it was not purposeful, but let's, let's not get wrapped up in, man, yeah, things, technically things were, were a little off at church today. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll check out another place that has their act together. Um, it's not about outward appearances. And I don't want us to be a church that's all about glam and glitz. And, you know, we, yeah, we, we put this stuff up and it looks nice and it looks pretty. But it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about connecting in relationship with him. There's, there's a scary part of scripture that we read there's the, the conversation where Jesus is speaking and he's talking in Matthew about separating the, the wheat from the tares. The tares would be kind of the outer shell of the wheat that, that look like wheat without close observation. But there's a hollowness to them. It's just the outer shell. It's the stuff that they take, on, you know, they spread it out on the floor and they, I don't know, maybe with palm branches, um, whatever. They create wind so that this stuff blows away. And as it blows away, it can be gathered together and burnt because it's worthless. We don't want to just have the appearance of believers. We don't want to just have the appearance of, I do the right things. The reason why this church, Sardis, was approached and spoken to in such this way is because there were lots of people that looked like they were doing good things. Dudley Do-Rights. Doing the right things, but man, the motivation wasn't because it's all about Jesus. The motivation was, well, if I do good, if I appear good, I can fool people. I can pull the wool over people's eyes and make them think that I'm okay. We don't want to have just the appearance. We want the power and love of God to flow through all that we do. Amen? Amen. That's who we are. People with a passion for God. You can be part of this church and still be spiritually dead. And that scares me. It scares me for a couple reasons. One, because I care about your soul. I care about your life. But even beyond that, I've got some skin in the game here. Me as a pastor, I'm responsible. I will be held accountable 
by Jesus for those that I was given leadership of. There's, there's an accountability on my part. I don't want a building with spiritually dead people. I don't want a community of people who just gather together to feel good about themselves or to feel nice or, you know, look, look at the, the positive change we're bringing um, to the community. Do you actually know him or are you acting like you know him? You might know someone who knows him. You might have known him in the past. But do you currently know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him today? It's not enough to say that you gave your life to Jesus three years ago or May 13th, 1980. There's a lot of timeline in between that date and today where there was death within my life. It's about a relationship today. We love the glory Gaither days. Let's kick it old school for a minute. Yeah, give me that old time religion. Jesus was moving then. Or the 1978 testimony that you just keep retelling. Now, there's nothing wrong with that 1978 testimony. But what's the 2015 testimony? What is God presently doing in your life? Because he should be doing something presently in your life. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means in 1978 he did something, but he wants to still do something today. There are things within your life that he wants to move and work in. Let's not just dwell on the past. Let's live in a current relationship with Jesus. We can, do, we can be doing great things in Jesus' name, but we can still be spiritually dead. We can look good on the outside and dead on the inside. Matthew 23, Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like ouch, whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. I never want that spoken of myself. I never want that spoken of you. There were times where people would come to Jesus. You know, there's, there's a portion of Scripture in Matthew 7 where Jesus is talking about, in the end, people will come to me and they'll say, you know, well, we did all these things in your name. We prophesied. We healed. And even still, Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. We can do lots of good things even in the name of Jesus and still miss the mark, still not be known by him. It's about a relationship, a current, active, life-flowing, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. But how did we get there? How did we get to the point where we just started going through the motions? Going through the motions. I mean, 
Some of you know what that's like spiritually. Some of you know what that's like relationally. You chased, guys, you chased forever pursuing the woman of your dreams and you did everything you could to woo her. Roses and dinner and candlelight, walks on the beach. You listen to Kenny G because she liked it. (laughs) Maybe even tried to grow your hair that way. I don't know. I didn't. (laughs) But you did everything you could to pursue and woo this woman. And then you got her. She said, yes. She said, I do. You walked down the aisle. It was fun. It was a happy day. It was magic in the air. But then weeks or years later, it's just a matter of waking up every morning and there she is. And there's nothing special in that relationship anymore. Going through the motions, doing the right things, but missing the mark in that current heart-connected relationship. That's what we're called to have with Jesus and husbands, just a clue, with your spouse, with your wife and wives the same way. But we can live today on the past victories. We can, we can live today on the past celebrations, on the past testimonies. But if that's all we're living in, we're missing the mark. Maybe we are relying on the reputation that we've developed. Businesses strive, especially startups, they strive to have a relationship within the community that they're trying to sell something to, that they have a great, uh, you know, they're, they're known for integrity, they're known for quality work, they're known for excellence, they're known to be dependable, they're known to be open 24-7, whatever. They, they strive to develop a relationship with the community in such a way that they have a, re, a reputation where they're known by. The tricky part is once you've developed that relationship, is it, is it easy to drift or is it easy to just sit back and rely now on the reputation that you have? And in the process, maybe lose or diminish the, rela- uh, the reputation that you have? We can do the same thing. Ah, I know Kevin. He's a great guy. Yeah, he, yeah. But at times I can drift. I can be a not so great guy. And we can't just, hmm? We can't just, <laughs> Scooby's in the back room. <laughs> Living on a reputation means that we've stopped pressing in. Or we just fall asleep. I'm good. We stop chasing after God. We we become complacent. Proverbs 24, uh, 33 and 34. And this is a great scripture, like, especially like for your kids. Give it to them. Um, But maybe read it for yourself as well. Proverbs 24, 33 and 34. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. You can't just sit back and think that things are going to happen. You have to actively engage in the relationship, in in the life 
that you've been called to. Jesus says, wake up and pay attention to the condition of your heart. In, in, in the book of Philippians, I'm sorry, Ephesians, we, we, can, we can read where Paul encourages us to walk in a worthy manner or walk in a manner that's worthy of our calling. Walk in such a way that our life reflects who we truly are. Have you ever driven a route so many times? I, I was thinking about it the other day for, I don't know, for 11 years now. I've been driving back and forth on Manchester Street. 93, off the exit, Manchester Street, take a right onto Cooperative, and here I am in the parking lot, day after day after day. You ever, you ever drive a route so often that you, like partway through the drive, you, you realize you weren't even actively engaged in that drive? Like, how did I take those turns? I wasn't even thinking about what I was doing. <laughs> That's scary <laughs> in itself that so many people can... What about your relationship with Christ? Where do you find yourself this morning? Have you been in relationship with Jesus for so long that you, know, you maybe partway through worship, you like... How did I get here? God desires a love relationship with us. He wants to be our bridegroom and for us to be his bride. He wants to know us. Not for us to do things for him. Not just look a certain way, act a certain way, but know him and be known by him. This is his heart for us. That's why he warns us that not just, a, not just relying on a reputation, not just doing the good Christian thing, but living a love relationship with him. This is why he tells us to conquer, to overcome those things, all those things that, that serve as distractions, all those things that get in the way, all those things that become appearances and not a life. All those things that would steal away an intimate relationship with our Savior. He who overcomes will like them be dressed in white and I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. What would it look like in this to be a conqueror? What would it look like for us to be those who overcome? It's a daily living choice. It's a waking up in the morning, putting your feet to the ground and realizing this is another day with Jesus. And it's going to be good. This is another day where I'm going to have abundant life. Even if my car won't start, I'm going to have abundant life. I want to put that in there because what I'm promising you is not... Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And you just, everything works perfect in your life. Things aren't going to be perfect in your life. But every day with Jesus can be sweeter than the day before. It's a, it's a relationship with the creator of the world. 
It's a relationship with the one true king. It's a relationship where you are his bride and he is your bridegroom. And he desires to be with you in everything. Ephesians 4, chapter 1 through 3. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's how I want to leave you this morning, with that scripture. That Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, they would be ones that you underline, they would be ones that maybe you write on a card and stick on your mirror. That we wouldn't be about appearances. That we wouldn't live our lives as dead men. Looking really good, but full of death and uncleanness within our lives. Whitewashed tombs. I don't want us to be about appearances. I want us to be about life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ and with others. And that scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 will lead us and guide us and direct us in how we're to live in every situation. God, I thank you. I thank you that you call us out of just looking good. God, you desire for us, you call us into a life-giving love relationship with you. And Lord, this morning, for each of us, God, let us, let us return. Let us return to you. Let us cast off the appearances and live the life. For those that are here this morning who, well, amen. For those that are, because I want to look at you. For those that are here this morning, and maybe you've been coming, as I said earlier, for weeks or months or years, and you come to church and you do all the churchy things that you have been instructed to do, and somehow miss the mark because you still have not received Jesus as your Savior. This morning, if you have not received Jesus as your Savior, do not leave this building. Don't walk through the motions. Don't miss the mark. We will have a prayer team available at the front after we're all done. Do not leave without saying yes to Jesus, repenting for the past life, but step into the new life with your Savior, Jesus Christ, where every day will be sweeter than the day before because you're engaged in a life-giving love relationship with the bridegroom. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.